Hello, and welcome to the Equilon Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk to you about getting better. Getting better at how you do what you do. Getting better performance from your horse. Getting better performance from your dog. Getting better performance from you. And the one caveat is you don't know what you don't know. And this is a hard point to get across to some people because they are set in their ways and they believe I know enough to get by. But is it really enough? Is it really enough to get you where you want to go? Is it really enough to push you to that next level? If you want to go to that next level, maybe those people are fine being there. But I and some I guess that happens with some people that I, I guess we've never been like that. I mean we've been to a how many seminars do we go to? Uh, we a are billion seminars junkies. Yes. And and we have this concept that if we come away with one just one new idea, one new technique, one new tool, one new piece that changes our belief system or changes how we do things, it was a valuable experience. So often you find what you're looking for or you don't, and it's very difficult to find what you're not looking for. Think about this. Some of the greatest pieces of information that you need are outside your curiosity. I find for myself, I can be reading a novel and, and Dave knows because he tends to get an elbow, you know, or stop whatever you're doing and hear this sentence because this novel that had nothing to do with improving the horse's function or helping the dog get up out of the couch better was somehow inspired by a sentence in something completely off topic. And often what happens is we have a desire to jump levels, but we're not aware enough of what it is we have to find in order to get there. Again, you don't know what it is that you don't know. I think the, you know the perfect example of this is when we were in chiropractic college and we, we first started reading x-rays. And I mean, stuff could be on those x-rays, but if you had no clue what it could possibly be, believe it or not, you wouldn't even see it until someone goes, see this right here. This is what this is. That was the first step to learning because... First of all, I, I had no clue that that was a possibility, so I didn't see it. I mean, I literally did not see that on the film until they pointed it out because eventually you have to learn what's normal first. First, you learn normal. Once you learn normal, then you, can, then you start to see what's abnormal. And that brings us to, and actually I'll back up a little bit because the best way... I got good at reading x-rays was looking at tens of hundreds and thousands of x-rays that were purported to be normal. And then when I was shown something, I went, that's not right. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't name it. I couldn't say osteochondroma or a defect or a disease. I could say wrong. And then I could get curious. And then I could find teachers and mentors who could say to me, 
when it looks like this, then here are your possibilities. So when you are out looking for what are your expectations in getting a better equine canine athlete, who's doing it right and watching and watching and watching and getting mentors and going and observing and observing and observing that which you have an interest in without any parameters to what you're willing to take in because anything you take in is a choice for you then to accept or just move on from. The more information you gather, you begin to go, now I know what I don't know. Now I can find the mentors to fill in those gaps. And some of the things that I've studied and read about, uh, some of the things that the, in order to become an expert, they, and I say, I say they, the, of the experts that I have read that talk about experts, says it takes about 10,000 hours of work in that field or in study in that field to actually be qualified as an expert. So divide that out with 40 hours a week. See where you get I can't. I'm just going to move right on and go, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of years. It's a lot of years. And we are in the instant gratification time of life. We don't want to wait for a response to an email. We don't want to wait for someone to, you know, respond to texting. We believe that everyone should be available and open all of the time. Of course, Facebook makes you an expert in five minutes. Or less, or less. The thing is that there are so many aha moments, move, movements, moments. There are so many ahas out there. If you begin to go wake up in the morning and like, wow, there's so much I don't know about. I don't even know what that is. How can I make myself available to learn and to take in information. Today I was on Instagram and read a post that talked about the vestibular system and being able to move better. Truth for all creatures, large and small, that what your eyes perceive if your inner ear isn't functioning normally your brain does not take in that information accurately, therefore you can't move well. So that if there's an inner ear imbalance in your horse, in your dog, or in yourself, your level of performance will be dropped. And in uh, neurology, functional neurology, there are exercises and solutions for improving that. I didn't know it, and I didn't even know that I didn't know it because I didn't know it was a thing. Now I know it's a thing, <laughs> and I'm on fire because I've already started to learn something new. It's very cool to seek to find out what you don't know anything about. Yeah, people call this falling down the rabbit hole because you start finding all these other avenues that that leads to. You know, it's like you've started the, up the root of the tree, the base of the tree, and then all of a sudden all these branches go off in so many different directions. Which way do you go? And each way you go 
teaches you something new. That's the great thing. There's just so many avenues that you can learn from, so many different things that are possibilities, so many different choices that are out there. It's kind of like when you buy new software. You know, you buy new software and you start to open it up and you go, oh my God, pretty soon you're overwhelmed with choices. And that overwhelming of choices is really an opportunity to learn. This is why some people still have flip phones. And that's a choice. Just because there's other ways out there in no way means that those are the right ways for you. It can make you feel more right and more comfortable doing exactly what you do. Adding choices, and we've talked about this on on podcasts in the past, only gives you the opportunity to do what you're currently doing or something else or both. And that's what is remarkably cool. I had an experience today where someone said to me, are you the only person who knows about uh, kinesiology taping on animals? I know, as a matter of fact, there are many I may be louder about it, that's possible. I may be more into the research as to why it works than some others. Or they may have heard it from me first. They didn't know they didn't know it. They saw my post. They went, oh, this is now possible. And now they have a choice to learn from us or learn from all the other practitioners out there and decide what methodology is best for them. It is, it's like neurons in the brain, you know, with all these dendrites attaching to other neurons and the sending signals. And if you're a nerd like me, that's exciting. So, yeah, she probably, you know, she, she made her 10,000 hours or, or maybe, maybe she's only at 9,000 hours, but you know what? 9,000 hours is probably nine is probably 8,999 further than most people. So she, that makes them appear the expert. And and one of the things we've we've learned along the way is that what are today's truths can be tomorrow's laws. It's unfortunate because sometimes they find, and this is something I think uh, there was a, a medical, there's an inner ear medical test that has been a standard since the early 1900s. And then in the 80s during a shuttle mission, they found out that that belief system was not true because when you tested it in a vacuum, the test didn't work. So that all that truth, you know, 70 years of truth turned out to be a lie in the end, but it's the best we ha- information we have today to make our decisions with. And really, and what we like to see is you're listening to a podcast, obviously you feel like learning something or you just like the sound of our voices and, and that's fine if it makes you feel better we're we're good with that our audience tends to be people who would like to learn something a better way of taping than they may be aware of what fashion is and how to work with it why it matters how you touch and what fascinates me every day is that you can see something in a science fiction movie and wonder, can I make that happen? Get curious enough to start to research it and then find people who perhaps are actually doing the thing. And when you find someone doing the thing that interests you, 
your whole world. It's like Willy Wonka, you know, the world of imagination just makes a lot more things possible for you. And it's fun to live in a world of possibility. Yeah, because I, I think the, re the reason I told that, that story that I just mentioned was because when you lock yourself into a belief system, it blocks choices and other opportunities that may come in. So you have a belief system that this is the way it is or the only way that it is, that's where you run into trouble. Because now you're not open for new ideas. You're not open for new choices. You're not open for new facts. And, and it's great to have a belief system that drives you, but you have to have flexibility that comes along with it. You have to be able to entertain other possibilities. What if this isn't true? What if this is more true? What if there this are other... This is a better truth. Yeah. They yes. can both be true. <laughs> I mean, when I first had horses and we shod them cold shoe with, with cold shoes based on the size of their foot and we put a one on or a three on or depending and, you know, oh, there's a big foot, you know, and... and being unaware of better choices that's what we did and then we learned that there were more opportunities when kibbles and bits was the or alpo was the only food choice that i'd heard of for a dog then thinking you're doing the best you can you're following the tv guide and feeding that which is there and now we have opportunities to observe healthier behavior patterns, find out what they're doing. I, I actually had that conversation today about a better pot roast. So, you know, it can, it can take on many facets. Yeah. And, and, and the other day when we were at a, we were at a barn, uh, there was a, a, a dentist there and he was sitting on a really low stool basically a step stool, but it was a rolling step stool. And he was doing the horse's teeth with the head down. This is the first time I'd ever seen that. Here's a whole new, and it was a whole new opportunity to learn. And we, we ended up spending 20 minutes talking to him when he was trying to work, unfortunately. <laughs> but he was, he was so, uh, he, he was so excited about this new thought process on, on how to do horse's teeth and why it's better to do it with the horse head down rather than how normal how normally they have they put uh, a rest underneath their jaw basically and lift their head up and you think about when horses graze they don't eat with their head up in the air unless of course they have hay nets but generally horses eat off the ground and they graze so how is the jaw positioning different when the head is down compared to the jaw positioning when the head is up? So it gave us a whole new possibility of Exactly choices. that. So I immediately called the uh, woman who does our horse's teeth, and she's a veterinarian and quite studied, and I said, are you familiar with this? And she said, yes, and sometimes it's the best choice. And she had lots of explanations why that might be useful in this case and not necessarily in that case. And I know people are, especially teeth, people are hardline. No, I will only have it done no by power hand tools. and others will only, hand tools. only do yeah. it by power tools. And we're like, how about the best choice given the tools that you have? And that's the same thing with us. You know, 
people ask the name of our technique when we're working on a dog or a horse, and you know my answer. Yes. My answer is Fred. Fred. Fred is the universal technique. <laughs> it doesn't stand for anything. It's just my brain's way of saying whatever is appropriate in the moment. Over 41 years, I've learned dozens, perhaps hundreds of different methodologies and the sentence that I use to explain it is, ride the horse in the direction it's going, even if it's a dog. You work with, not against. And when someone sees that as something they didn't know was possible, then I go, wow, you didn't know that you didn't know. Now you do. Are you going to do something about it? Or are you going to go, okay, that was cool. Not for me. If you have limited beliefs, underline the limited because it limits your choices. It limits the possibilities. And is that where you want to be? Or do you want to open your mind to new choices, new ideas, new belief systems? And that doesn't mean just accept anything that comes down the pike. That means question, question it, study it. Is it truthful? Does it really work? How are the results that other people are using? You don't have to just rely on your own results. Find out other people that are doing the same thing. Does it work? Does the person who's telling you to do it, do it themselves? It's fascinating how many people are experts. I remember being on the uh, bus going from the MGM to uh, the Nationals in Vegas. And there were so many experts on that bus making comments about people's riding ability and anyone could ride that horse. And, you know, it wouldn't matter because it, it was all the animal. And the majority of them have never sat one. So especially who, at that level. Oh, my goodness. It was it was amusing. And yet their ability to be adamant in their truth as because as we know louder is truer uh they were very loud works for me so <laughs> the, i try it all the time <laughs> the fascinating part for me sitting there is when i know that i don't know what it takes to perform at the grand prix level i know i can help a horse get there i know i can help a human get there i know i can help a dog take mach 13 agility uh awards because I've been there on the sidelines, but I've never been in the ring. And I don't presume to think that I have the motor skills to do that. I know who I would mentor with if I did want to. And that's what this is all about. As you begin to know what you're curious about, it means you know what you don't know. And that's where all learning begins. I've been riding for a number of years. I don't think I have my 10,000 hours in yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't feel like it. And, and if I change, if I go from my horse to another horse, it's like, oh my God, I, I don't think I've ridden before. So yeah, you know, when you change, you, you may have 10,000 hours sitting on a horse, but Take a dressage person and put them in the jumper world. Or take a rainer and put them in the polo world. Or take anyone and put them in the raining world. And all of a sudden, 
you'll know quickly. I actually don't know how to do this. So we invite you. We invite you to enjoy the process. We invite you to get more and more curious and begin to know what you don't know. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. This is Dr. Wendy Corrin, and this has been an Equiline Podcast.